millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot um, and finds the net. On TalkSport 2. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. Arsenal added insult to injury hampered Manchester City with a defiant 5-0 victory live on TalkSport 2 on Sunday night. And Leo Williamson is there to thump the header into the net and crown off a five-star performance from Arsenal. There were problems on the red side of Manchester too as woeful defending allowed Chelsea to put six past United. Well, here's pressure now, and Spence is through the middle, in on goal, looking for the second, takes it first time, it falls here for the chance, and it's a sixth goal, and the ball tucked in by Jesse Fleming. And UEFA double the prize money for the women's Euros, but the total is still significantly lower than the prize pot for the men's tournament, and many in the women's game are not happy. Yeah, not enough money, to be honest with you. It's When you consider and you, you look at that relatively, it's just nowhere near the amount of money that's needed. We'll also be hearing from West Ham's assistant manager and Charlton legend Paul Koncheski. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Fran Kirby and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Hello team, happy Monday. How are you all doing? You know I can't do this alone. I'm delighted to say I've got Jenna Scalacci, former captain of Tottenham Hotspur, joining me this week. How are you doing, Jenna? Excellent. Yeah, good to have you back this season. First time this season. Won't be the last either. Uh, Listen, before we delve into what you've been up to, I want to play everybody uh, some fantastic audio from what was a massive weekend of WSL action that we had here on the TalkSport Network. Here's how it sounded. Harder up against four red shirts and Harder's outpaced them all. Into the area, in on goal, chips it over. What a wonderful, wonderful goal from one of the best players in the world. Panilla Harder outpaces the defence and provides an exquisite finish. And in the blink of an eye, Chelsea double their lead. Kirby on the right, early crossing, chance for Kerr and tucks it in the back of the net. Second of the afternoon. Kirby takes the plaudits for the cross. Kerr had two bites of the cherry. 
he wasn't going to miss the second time. Manchester United one, Chelsea four. Well, here's pressure now. Spence is through the middle. In on goal. Looking for the second. Takes it first time. It falls here for the chance. And it's a six goal. And the ball tucked in by Jesse Fleming. Goalkeeper's had to come out to the edge of the penalty area. And she hasn't got there. Mead will square it. Here is Miedemar from the edge of the box. And she lashes Arsenal into the lead. It's a dreadful error from Alana Kennedy and Arsenal, who are aiming to go back to the top of the Women's Super League tonight, take full advantage, and what a start to the season it's been for Vivian Miedemar. Oh, that's a lovely ball forward to McCabe, who takes it down beautifully, races into the penalty area, still Casey McCabe! Wonderful Arsenal goal! What a moment for Katie McCabe! In comes the delivery, and Leah Williamson is there to thump the header into the net and crown off a five-star performance from Arsenal. They have ripped through Manchester City time and time again. Great scenes at the North Bank end of Meadow Park. Arsenal absolutely rampant. Arsenal five. Manchester City nil. Today they just look way off and they've got some quality players in this team. Yes, they're poor and not playing. Yes, Lucy Bronze are, are like massive players to be missing, but I still think when those players are there, they would still have the same problems because to me, this Manchester City team just never does exactly what I don't expect them to do. And again, got to give credit to Arsenal today, but Manchester City are going to be really disappointed because the way they lost, it, it wasn't good enough for Manchester City at all. Commentary there from Joe Shannon and you heard the thoughts of former Arsenal forward Leanne Sanderson as well. It was across the TalkSport network. We have live commentary this season of the Barclays FAWSL. Uh, Jenna Scalacci, former uh, Tottenham Hotspur captain, is with us tonight on Women's Football Weekly. Let's start on Meadow Park, shall we? I know you don't like to start there, Jenna, but <laughs> Arsenal putting five past a woeful Manchester City side. Uh, you were actually at this game as well. It looked to me like calamity defending was harshly punished by a ruthless side. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think you've got it spot on. I mean, Arsenal, they were on it. Their, their press, the way they press this season, it's just relentless. And Man City started off with a sloppy mistake early on in the match. And the defence, to me, looked so shaky and vulnerable. And they just didn't learn. And they play a very high line, Man City, this season. And, and they were punished. Arsenal spotted it early on and obviously had worked on it. And they were getting in behind every single time. But take nothing away from the performance from Arsenal. They got it spot on. And they were literally, they were on fire all over the pitch. Yeah, that back pass was from Alana Kennedy. But, I mean, what was Taidi doing anyway, coming out that far? But this Kennedy and Greenwood makeshift centre-back partnership, neither of them are centre-backs. It just doesn't work, does it? I, I know that he's a bit tied at the moment with all the injuries that they've got. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think George Stanway in there as well yesterday. I think she did well, to be fair to Stanway. Right I think back. she put in. Mm. Yeah, as right back. She did well. But just from the off, they looked so shaky. And it was a... If it wasn't Kennedy making a mistake, Greenwood had a bit of a rocky go. I wondered if she was fully fit, to be honest. Mm. That might have knocked her con confidence early on. But, yeah, there were lots of mistakes, avoidable goals, I'd say. So, um, yeah, but they, they just need to – we were looking for a response from them and, and we didn't get it. Kim Little's goal uh, was the pick of them for me. She was absolutely uh, fantastic and just shrugged off the challenge of, of Laura Coombs. Kennedy and Greenwood couldn't get anywhere near her either. Um, she just 
feels for me. I know she's she's uh, retiring from international football, but for for me, she just gets better. Yeah, absolutely. Every season, every game. I mean, she bossed it in midfield yesterday. She was winning everything. Arsenal won everything in 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 every position really defense midfield attack and uh but kim little was just the engine she was vision her vision to spot the passes and yeah that that first goal of hers just shrugging defenders off and for her stature she's so so strong um she then converted that penalty conceded by by greenwood uh i've missed out katie mccabe's goal a fantastic one the gorgeous ball over the top uh, from steph catley as well ellen white did hit the crossbar but looked to be offside anyway uh but this one leah williamson capping off a brilliant few weeks uh with a goal heading in lotta wuba moy's cross she's just had such a fantastic september and every time i kind of think of that the earth wind and fire september song comes in my head and i meant to ask producer Flo to get that music out for me today yeah she's had a fantastic last couple of weeks she, i thought she didn't put a foot wrong in the england camp as captain she just a, a true leader isn't she and and it's just yesterday at the, at the game she lives and breathes arsenal and she Ellen White didn't have a second on the ball yesterday because Leah Williamson was just didn't give her a second to turn, get her head up. She was winning every ball. She just looked hungrier for it and she fully deserved that goal and she had that smile on her face, just summed it all up at the end, I think. In normal circumstances, Tobin Heath would be making the headlines, but she made her Arsenal debut. Very brief spell in the second half. Wasn't needed. Um, we need to talk about Manchester City, though, because it was their heaviest ever FAWSL defeat. They've already lost two games games this season they only lost one the whole of last season it's just not been good enough and can can Gareth Taylor and his side use injuries as an excuse bearing in mind how many players they've got out is that a fair enough excuse or should a team like Manchester City have enough strength in depth to be able to cope at this time I mean, they have been very, very unlucky with the amount of injuries that they have got. And to very key players, you know, their captain, Lucy Bronze, first and second goalkeeper. So they are big players that are missing. But a team at, like Man City and the money that they've spent, they, sh- they it, that shouldn't, taking them players out shouldn't affect them so much. And, it, and it, they, they just look rattled. They don't seem to have an answer to the problems. I think teams are, are looking at, at the way they're setting up and, and they're picking them apart, but there doesn't seem to be a plan B. But they've still got quality all over that pitch if you look at their starting lineup from yesterday. Mm. And so I think the 5 0, I mean, it, the manner in which they were the beaten, I just think was unacceptable. It just looked like they had no fight in them. Is that title race over already? I know it's early days, but it, it, it surely, how do they recover from this? I, I said yesterday they needed even a draw, something from yesterday's fixture because they need to keep pace with the the, the Chelsea and, and Man City and the teams up and around there. And last year we saw how how dropping, just losing one game can punish a team when it comes to the end of the season. For me, I, I think they need to turn it around really quickly, but I can't see it improving and then picking up those points or, or even in the second leg against... Arsenal getting anything from it and they're they're where they need to pick up the points from. Yeah, and look, I I hate talking about um, managers being sacked early on in the season, but interesting tweet from uh, Tim Stillman, the journalist who writes Arse Blog. He said that Manchester City fans around him were calling for Gareth Taylor to, to be relieved of his duties. And 
that's a very difficult conversation to have when you know his he's barely got enough players he had last season and and they pushed but they're already out of the champions league what what's your opinion on that yeah no obviously you never want to see any manager sacks i think that the club's in a position where they they've never been um never experienced it before in their time as a professional club and i don't the injuries they can be part of the excuse, but then they've got to do better with what they've got. And they're, they're still world-class players within that squad. Um, just something doesn't look right there at the minute. Yeah, something def- definitely doesn't look right. Let's hear what the under-pressure Manchester City boss had to say after this one, because he spoke to Talk Sports Joe Shenham, but was pretty defiant. Can be, but we've got to show character. You know, that's, that's what we're about. You know, we can't always have it our own way. The levels are improving. We're missing, obviously, a lot of players. Um, we need to fight, and we will do, and uh, we'll improve, and our, and our results are improving. So he's pretty convinced that things will get better, but you can't be dropping points and, and, and dropping points in such a manner as they did yesterday against Arsenal if you want to succeed in this league and being out of the Champions League, if they don't win the title this season, all they can really do is is win one of the cups and then potentially qualify again for for the Champions League, which I don't think will be enough uh, really to appease everybody at Manchester City. But we shall see. Uh, Right, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Ruthers. Former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci is with me as well. We're going to be chatting through more FAWSL action, including Chelsea's ruthless win at Manchester United next. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Rothers and former Spurs captain Janet Scalacci is with me. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so you can go ahead and download it today. Uh, right, another impressive performance from Chelsea. 6-1 winners over Manchester United away from home and Jenna United got themselves in all kinds of trouble right from the first minute yeah I mean I I thought this match was going to be a lot closer than it turned out to be um, again similar to the, the the Arsenal match um, Man United created a lot of problems for themselves uh, a lot of mistakes along the back line and and Chelsea punish which any back any front line with Kerr and Kirby and is going to do um and and early on that was from early on as well so yeah it was a five-star performance from Chelsea and Man United really suffered and continued to play out the back even when it wasn't working it was a six-star performance <laughs> let's go for six-star oh, hotels you can get those nowadays <laughs> I've not been to one uh, uh, Frank Kirby scored her 50th WSL goal inside uh, the opening two minutes after they'd had a chance uh, just before that again linking up with Sam Kerr that was Hannah Blundell former Chelsea defenders uh, loose pass um Mary Earp's trying to play out from the back. It just wasn't working, was it? No, not at all. And and you could see that from early on. But you know, it was their obviously their game plan, and they still continue to do it. And I think for for Earps, I think she had a very frustrated uh, performance. I think she'd she'd be disappointed. Um, few question, questionable decisions, and I felt she could have maybe done a little bit better with that Penil Harder goal, but. I mean, that was a great run from Harder. Oh, come so on. You've got to give all the credit to Penilla Harder <laughs> oh, with that one. It was, 
It was outstanding. I mean, she collected the ball just in the Man United half and just her ability to carry the ball is incredible. And, and then the cheeky little dink over the top. But yeah, it was just when you when you isolate the, the goals that they conceded, they're all things that they can work on and, mm. you know, you can eliminate them. So I don't, I don't think it's too much to worry about for Man United. Again, the manner that they did lose, kind of just the floodgates opening. But they are all things that they can work on and will improve on. Yeah, and that's exactly what Mark Skinner said afterwards. He's taking the positives from it, admitted that the majority of the goals were their own fault, but says now he's seen everything uh, about his team, which I think what he means there is the good, the bad and the ugly um, in total, which means that he's got something to, to work on. Two wins from three from uh, for them. But... I tell you what, going back to Mary Earp, she'll be really disappointed with that performance in many ways because uh, the England head coach, Serena Wiegmann, was watching on and, of course, brought her back into the England squad, having uh, had a, a substantial amount of time out of it and out of favour. And Mary Earps will have wanted to Im- have impressed her. Yeah, and I think that's probably why you could see the frustration. She, she would have obviously known that she was there and it's maybe that extra pressure kind of was playing on her mind a bit but yeah she'll be as I said earlier I think she'll be frustrated but she's a quality goalkeeper and and you just got to put those kind of performances aside and move on yeah absolutely um Chelsea though really showing their strength in depth as as Emma Hayes said after the match because the substitutions really made a big difference Drew Spence only on the pitch uh, for a matter of minutes before getting the fourth goal she could have then had a 50th uh, Chelsea goal but instead her shot was saved and it was Jessie Fleming with her first Chelsea goal instead who who rounded uh, things off and I think when you look at what Manchester United and Gareth Taylor are having to um, uh, deal with at the moment, Chelsea's strength in depth is just what's going to potentially help them be more of a title contender now than Manchester City. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, the, the the depth on that, that bench is a joke, the quality they've got. And as you say, Spence and Fleming coming on and scoring goals and making a difference. And I know it's Spence when she got on. She hasn't got a lot, of, had a lot of game time, but her energy and a desire to want to like change the game and not change the game, it, it was past that, but make an impact on the game. And she was so hungry, even though she's not, you know, a starter. And that's credit to Emma Hayes, I think, and keeping the whole team together, even those that aren't necessarily the, the favoured starter 11, that it is a squad performance. And, and, and I think when the players feel appreciated, they show it on the pitch. And I think that's also what the difference for Arsenal is this season. I think their bench yesterday was frightening. Mm. Um, and that's something they've probably lacked in the past. And I think the way that Arsenal set up to play um, with that press, that intense press, they're going to need that bench because the players, there's no way they're going to be able to play like that for 90 minutes. So they can go out there and work their socks off for what, 60, 70 minutes and know that the players coming on, it's not going to weaken that, that side or their tactics. Yeah. Absolutely spot on. Uh, Emma Hayes, though, never happy, always striving for perfection. That's why we love her. She wasn't happy with their passing earlier on <laughs> in the game. But, you know, this is why they are what they are, the juggernaut that is that is Chelsea, because 
even with a 6-1 win, uh, their head coach is still not happy. Uh, right, let's rest, um, wrap up the rest of the WSL, shall we? Everton 3, Birmingham City 1. Neither of these sides had won before this. It was the first win of the season for, for Everton. Goals from Leonie Meyer, record signing Hannah Benison as well with her first WSL goal. And Rika Savecki giving them a platform to kind of push on for, uh, hopefully. Willie Kirk happy with his side's resilience after a tough start to the season. They're up against Reading next weekend. They needed that as a confidence boost, didn't they, Jenna? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk around Everton's start, but they have had a very difficult start to, to the season. And uh, they've lost, they've had taken some heavy defeats, but they've bounced back and that's what they needed. And I think uh, that this weekend's performance, it wasn't so much about the performance. It was about just getting those points on the board, getting a bit of confidence back in within the team because they've, they've got nine new players in there. So it's going to take time. And, and, and hopefully now this is the springboard for them to continue. Yeah, well, they've got Reading next uh, weekend who want to bounce back from a 1-0 defeat to Tottenham. Producer Flo was at this one. How did Tottenham look? Because they've had a great start. Yeah, and I'm not saying this just because we've got Jenna on. Are you um, sure? But Spurs, do, <laughs> Spurs look really good. They look like a refreshed side. I think Rianskin has now had a proper pre-season to get what she wants out of that team. I think she's recruited really well and I think there's an energy to them. They, they've, they've been lucky that they've had a nice fixture list to start the season. But... I know it sounds super cliche and simple, but you have to win the games against the teams that you have a chance of beating. And and that's the key thing. And I think Spurs have done that at the start of the season. And that's the most important thing. I wouldn't worry so much about the bigger side. See where you can scrape up points. And they got that surprise win at City. But just play good against the teams that you know you can compete against. Because I think perhaps other teams are, are lacking that. But I think we're starting to see that this season with, with the gap closing a little bit and, and the, that middle bunch pushing harder. Are you worried about Reading at all, Flo? Um, I, I think I was I was more excited to to see them yesterday than I was earlier in the season because they finally had Tash Dowie there. They finally had Justine Van Havermet there. They finally had Deanne Rose starting as well. Deanne Rose looks really lively, really exciting young player from Canada. She won gold in the summer. She's been out in the States playing college football and I think she's going to be a brilliant talent. She was desperate to score yesterday, didn't get on the score sheet. Tash Dowie looked lively, but... I would be a little bit concerned about the fact they haven't picked up any points yet. But yesterday was the first real opportunity they had. They had Man United first game, Arsenal second game, uh, second game of the season. So I think now they'll, they'll reflect on that and be frustrated. But they can now look ahead and pick up some more points. Jenna, what are you hearing from inside the, the Spurs camp about how things have been um, under Rianne Skinner? We had Vicky Jepsen on last week, who's obviously former Liverpool boss and, and gone to, to work under Rianne Skinner. But it certainly seems as if there's been a little bit of tide turning there. Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's a very happy camp at the minute. And I think the thing that makes, it's, it's always been a Tottenham way. It's, it's, it's a real family feel at the club. And I think the players that have been brought in, they've just slotted straight in. I think Rianne's done a fantastic job. Um, she's installed this hard work mentality that even if they, even if they're not in possession, even if they not necessarily going to win the game. Can they be the hardest working team? And I think you can see that. And it's showing now that they are competing against teams. They've never taken any points off of Reading before. Uh, and, and they've taken points off of Man City now. And, and that's due to them sticking together and all believing and, and believing in themselves, believing in each other and just really working as working as a team. And I think soaking up the moments of pressure, especially in that Man City game where 
if that was would have been last season or the season before, there was no way they would have been able to handle that pressure from Man City in the first half. But they did, and they looked like a, a different team in the second half. They came out and and just they rattled the defence, and and they could see that they could nick something. Although it, it, although the second goal shouldn't have stood, but you know that that ethic and that work rate and that belief and and the team feel there is why they got that result. Yeah, um, and I think be, that's the real difference. There's always going to be that little asterisk there, isn't there? Unfortunately, <laughs> Rosella Ryan with that handball yeah. uh, winner. <laughs> but the top of the table at the moment, Arsenal on nine points, goal difference of 10. Tottenham also on nine points, goal difference of three. When was the last time we saw that? Two North London teams at the top of the table. It looked amazing. It looked even better yesterday before the Arsenal match. <laughs> yeah. It takes seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's not talk about the Premier League match. I was I was there for, North, for the North London derby uh, and uh, Spurs fans not happy. I can hear that in your voice already, Jenna. Yeah, yeah. Uh, West... The team are going to do it for them this year, I think. Yeah, well, that, they're, <laughs> they're going to need to. Uh, West Ham 4, Leicester City 0. What a dismal start for, for Leicester, but delight for West Ham with their first win of the season. No points for Jonathan Morgan's Leicester side though. Tamika Yallop scored on her West Ham debut. Uh, debut. Claudia Walker got her first goal of the season as well and then two own goals for Leicester. It's just not really going according to plan for them. No, yeah, it was a really dominant display by West Ham. Um, I think Leicester are going it, to it's really tough coming into this league and, and getting off to a, a bad start. Um, they're going to have to turn this around because I think the confidence levels will drop um, but they're going to have to just stick together and ride this out but um, yeah it was it was a completely West Ham it were all over Leicester yesterday to be fair yeah and then the final match of the weekend uh, Brighton uh, losing 1-0 to Aston Villa so Villa maintaining their unbeaten start to the season but Brighton suffering their first defeat of the campaign and we spoke to Brighton midfielder Emily Simpkins last week who said that the team spirit and what they're doing there at the moment was really special so I hope Powell's going to be really disappointed with that. Yeah, I think credit to Carla Ward and, and what she's done at Aston Villa. You know, she did it at Birmingham last year and there seems to be a real belief in, in this Aston Villa team. I think that they're, they're going out of every game with with that they can take it. They're going out on the front foot, um, mm. going, going for it. Whereas, you know, I think Brighton were very disappointed. I think if you looked at that on paper, you would have thought Brighton would have taken that after the start they've had. So it's a great, great three points for Aston Villa. Yeah, it really, really is fantastic for, for them. Brighton will be disappointed, but also for Carla Ward, uh, new signing, uh, Emily Gilnick. I hope I'm, get, I'm pronouncing her name right, getting her first goal for, for the club and Villa up to third, which is just phenomenal for, for Carla Ward after she moved over from Birmingham. Uh, right, let's take a look, shall we, at next weekend's Women's Super League fixtures with now. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just $9.99. Search Now Sports 18 plus stream via internet terms apply. Okay, so Chelsea uh, against Brighton, um, 11.30am kickoff on Saturday. Brighton had that shocking 2-1 victory at Kings Meadow last season, which ended Chelsea's two-year unbeaten run. Uh, how do you see this one going? I think, obviously, Hope Pell will be looking for a, for a bounce back and from the result last weekend, but I, I can only see Chelsea, Chelsea carrying, carrying on their form and, and, and getting the win in this fixture. 
Yeah, I, 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 to be honest, I can't see anything else either. However, um, Hope Powell, you know, never write her off. Last year was fantastic. They got their back-to-back wins uh, as well. So I think it's going to be a cagier affair to begin with than, than we perhaps think, particularly because Brighton have improved. Uh, Birmingham Manchester United is the 6.45 kickoff on Sunday. They really have to bounce back, United, don't they, against a Birmingham side that look like they're going to have another difficult season. They've got three games, no points, uh, conceded nine, scored just one. It's going to be really difficult for Scott Booth. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult match to go into. Man United, I have no doubt that they will they will come back stronger next week and they've got quality all over the pitch. And as you say, Birmingham aren't really scoring that many goals. Um, I think Man United, I think the attacking powers of Man United will, will see them through and, and get the three points there. It's going to be a difficult one for Birmingham to take anything. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Villa, who are third, will take on top of the table. Arsenal on Saturday as well. Leicester face Tottenham, Man City, West Ham, Reading, Everton as well. It's going to be a fascinating weekend of football. And that was a look ahead to this weekend's Women's Super League action with now. Don't forget, with a now sports membership you can stream the women's super league which includes chelsea brighton and birmingham manchester united both live this weekend on sky sports without a contract all you need to do is search now sports women's football weekly preview on talk sport 2 with a now sports membership stream weekly weekend matches from the women's super league live without a contract from just 9.99 search now sports 18 plus stream via internet terms apply this is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with Faker Others and former Spurs captain Jenna Scalacci. Next up, we're going to chat about that Euros prize money. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2 with me, Faker Rothers, and former Spurs captain Jenna Scalacci. Now then, 
Last week, UEFA announced it was increasing the prize money for the Women's Euros uh, from next year. So the 16 qualified teams for Euro 2022 will now share 16 million euros, which is around £13.7 million. Uh, that's a 100% increase, so double the €8 million, Euros, which was uh, just under £7 million uh, pounds distributed at Euro 2017 in the Netherlands. Now, listen to this, because if you're not a follower of women's football, new to women's football this season uh, or the last couple of seasons, you'd maybe think, oh, that's great, that's wonderful. Unfortunately, it's not that wonderful when you look at what the total prize money at the men's rescheduled Euro 2020 was. We're talking 371 million euros, which is 317 million pounds. And that was split between 24 teams. A lot's been talked about this over the last few days. Let's hear the thoughts of Chelsea manager Emma Hayes, first of all. Yeah, not enough money, to be honest with you. It's When you consider and you, you look at that relatively, it's just nowhere near the amount of money that's needed. Prize money is what um, has a huge impact in the men's game and I think it's uh, a gesture that needs to be raised and reconsidered. Chelsea manager Emma Hayes there, a gesture. That's exactly the, the, the interesting word that sticks out to me. Uh, to join me and Jenna to talk about this a little bit more, I mean, I don't even know how to drum roll introduce her. She's got so many hats and so amazing in the world of women's sport, but author of Game on the Unstoppable Rise of Women's Sport, CEO of Phyllis Women and the Women's Sport Collective and host of the Game Changers pod and by the way, also a trustee for the Women's Sport Trust. It's Sue Anstis joining us. How are you doing, Sue? I'm really well, really well. Lovely to be here. Good. Well, you've taken up a good 30 seconds of our show just <laughs> by me introducing you. Um, listen, this is one of those things that, that, as I said before, when you initially look at this, you think, OK, that's great. You know, positive step forward. However, when you look at the, the gap between women's football and men's football. And I understand, obviously, we're talking different audiences, we're talking different um, uh, age of the games, if you like, women's football in its infancy, where it is now, if that makes sense, even though it's obviously not in its infancy, then that kind of makes sense. But it's not really enough, is it? No, not at all. And I think there is... It's women's sport has got a bit of a history of sort of being grateful for what we're given and... <laughs> As you said, I love Emma's quote of it being a bit of a gesture. It's hard to argue with doubling the prize money, but it's kind of where we started off in the first place to double that number, isn't it? I feel it's positive that the teams and sponsors and the likes of Emma and others and fans and media are calling out the disparity, though. So at least we're having that conversation. We're not all just completely grateful from what's there. But uh, I feel if the sport's serious about the whole family and growing the whole game, then it does need to... Uh, do better than it than it has so far. Hi Sue, it's Jenna here. Hi, hi. Hello. Um, do you do you think it will be long before UEFA maybe reassess this pot um, to bring it a little bit closer, or bridge the gap, or even increase it slightly? Yeah, I'm really not sure whether they, and I like that kind of calling for them to do so. And it's interesting, isn't it, if you look across either at, at FIFA with the Women's World Cup still, you know, that's a, a I guess the disparity is still there. It's, it, there's a big jump there. And even so, you know, more so, I guess, on the Women's FA Cup as well, I think it's 1.6% this year, the women's prize pot, you know, versus the men's 16 million. Uh, so it's across those different championships and 
uh, on a, whether it's national domestic cups as well as international too. So I do feel, you know, there's lots more that needs to be done there. So we want to really truly invest in it. And I do, you know, UEFA has clearly said they're investing in tournament standards and media and all the other things that go around that. But absolutely, it's the prize money that's going to make a difference to uh, whether it's those clubs or, or the countries that are competing. Yeah, we have to say that, you know, UEFA have come out and said it's making sure more money than ever before is distributed across the women's game. But, I mean, they have to say, they have to say that. It has to increase. Um, you know, when you think of the commercial partners being brought in and everything else, is it a case, Sue, do you think, that the more commercial partners that come on board, the more money will be recycled throughout the game and UEFA will have to improve things even further and doubling when the pot was small in the first place is is never going to be seen as enough and they're really going to have to make a proper statement rather than a gesture in in the next year or so. Yeah, I thought there has there needs to be some kind of shift to make that difference because otherwise the gap just keeps growing, you know, however much you double starting from such a small uh, relatively small point in the first place you're never going to catch up the, the gap is so huge but I think you're right I think it's the sponsors you know it's fans and others uh, making noise around it and talking about it that hopefully will, will make a difference in the future yeah I've, we've heard from Megan Rapino on um, what world governing body FIFA did before the 2019 Women's World Cup they doubled the prize pot from 15 million dollars to to 30 million dollars and then promised to double it again for for 2023 but again Megan Rapino US World Cup winner said that's just not far enough and it's not fair I mean women's football is not going to get parity perhaps you know, in our lifetimes even, which is beyond frustrating. But it's certainly, that gap has to be much smaller than it is. Yeah, it does. And I, you mentioned the different roles I hold. I've recently become a board member of Lewis FC, and I think you know how much they've been passionately campaigning around the disparity uh, for the FA Cup prize money. Uh, but yeah, things do need to change. And it may be that we don't want to completely replicate the men's game on every level. And there mm. are ele- elements that we might not want to copy for the women's game. Uh, but definitely getting closer in terms of prize money and what that can then do to fuel the growth of women's football in the future. That's really what we should all be aiming for. And that's really important, Jenna Scalacci, isn't it? That, you know, Women's football doesn't want to necessarily replicate men's football. There's lots of things wrong with what's going on in in men's football that that women's football can take lessons from. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a completely different game. It only takes you going down to watch a, a WSL match at the weekend to see it's a complete it's a a completely different product, really. So, it, we're not asking for the same as what the men have. Absolutely not. But the, the, the women's game deserves better and it deserves more. And, and it is on its way up um, slowly. And I just think it, it like you say, it is a gesture. The, the amount's so small any, anyway. And to, to people in, in, the, in the game, we know that's not right. But as people on the outside be like, oh, they've doubled the pot. That's amazing when, when it's really not. So what, what more can be done to, to lobby uh, UEFA, FIFA, um, the FA to, to increase these prize pots? I think a lot of it is around public opinion. It's fans, media, others calling it out. You know, we talk about male allies within uh, the game, the sport generally as well too. So, you know, if we can get some of those brands and organisations on board that will create uh, more noise around it. So I think everybody has a part to play. We're all influencers in one, one shape or another. 
uh, but, but making some noise, calling it out. And as you say, I think it's easy, to, the whole doubling the numbers, you know, it does sound impressive when you look at it or as a statement of that kind. But I think, you know, we can all play a part to say this needs to be better. And we you know that's what we're fighting for, really, is, is for equality and parity. One plus one is two. That's doubling it. <laughs> Absolutely. Sue, <laughs> so, delight to talk to you as always. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much. Uh, Sue Anstis uh, there joining myself, Faker Rothers, and Jenna Scalacci on Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. Next, we're going to be hearing from a very familiar name in the football world, uh, West Ham's assistant manager, Paul Koncheski. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Rothers, and Janet Scalacci, former Tottenham uh, captain. Now then, in May, a very familiar name was revealed as the new assistant to Ollie Harder at West Ham. Paul Koncheski played for so many big clubs during his 21-year playing career, including Charlton, West Ham, Fulham, Liverpool, Nottingham Forest and producer Flo's QPR. Uh, Talk Sports' Bradley Hayden caught up with him before their four nil thumping of Leicester to find out how he's enjoying his new role. Yeah, I'm loving it, mate. Um, it's obviously a lot different to, to being involved with the boys or the men, if you like. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm on the grass every day, hopefully giving the girls the experience that I've got and the knowledge that I've picked up in, in my career from, from a young age to, to still now. You, 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 like you say, you, you're still learning, even though I've, I've played... Uh, a lot of football in my career and, and I've learned a lot of things off different managers, different players um, and different coaches. How did it all come about? Um, the new manager, Ollie, obviously came over uh, from Norway from his last team and I think he came alone, no staff, other than the staff that was here and the team was leaking a few goals. So I spoke to the academy manager, Ricky Martin at the time and um, asked if if I could give my expertise, if you like. Um, of the girls stop conceding goals. Um, he, he said, obviously, there'd probably be no one better to ask than myself, which was was nice for him because he, he didn't know me from Adam, if, if you like. He knew, obviously, who I was and what I've done, but he didn't know what I was like as, as a person and to, to even ask that question. So it was nice to know that he thought highly of maybe my career and what I've done. Um, and it was, a, it was a privilege to go and, to go and help and be on the grass every day with with the girls and and the women to try and stop that. And I think uh, if I look back now, the last seven games, I think we kept five clean sheets. So it was, um, I must have been doing, doing something okay. You've mentioned the manager, Ollie Harder, a couple of times so far. I mean, what, what have you learned from him and what's he like to work with? Yeah, he's a bit full on. Um, he gets excitable sometimes. But I think that's the passion and he's the passionate man. So he's trying to bring his passion out to, to the girls and uh, he brings that uh, that energy every day in training. He, he's an energetic man. He, he, he wants the best for them girls and he wants he wants to be the best. And I think if you don't have targets in your career, um, if for, for him wanting to be the best, for me when I played, I wanted to be the best. These girls want to be the best. I think if you don't have targets... There's only one way and you're going to fail. So I think you need to set targets. And obviously he set targets. He wanted to come and manage in the WSL. And he, he's got that he's got that uh, job right now. And he wants to be the best at that. I mean, what, what is the ambition for the club this season? We got better than last season. We need to be better. Um, that's the fact. And I'm not saying we need to finish 
one point above. We need to be better. Um, and that means playing style. That means around the, the WSL. We want to be spoke about as we're, we're contenders. We know there's bigger clubs who's got more money, who want to put more money in. But like I said earlier, we're, we're a unity and, a, and a, a team that want to stick together. And, and like I said to you, I played in teams. It gets you so far. And we're, we've got that right now. And the team spirit's good. So we, we don't want to say we're going to be in the Champions League. We want to see where it takes us. Um, if that means we're near the top end, that's where we'd rather be. We don't want to be anywhere near the bottom. Well, they're bang in the middle at the minute. They're seventh. Um, so, yeah, interesting thoughts there from the West Ham assistant manager, Paul Koncheski. Jenna, what do you think West Ham can do this season? I think um, they've struggled in previous seasons and it has been they've leaked too many goals and they haven't had that firepower up top. I think just listening to that interview, it, it sounds like already he's having an influence on that back line. They're, they're not conceding as nowhere near as many as they were. And that in turn will push them higher up the league because they, they, they won't drop as many points if they're tight at the back. Um, and, you know, they've scored four goals, which I don't think they've done in a while. So I think it, it it's going to be a good season for them. I think they last year they got caught in that relegation battle. I can't see them being in there again this season. No, hopefully not for West Ham fans. Uh, listen, we're going to tee up uh, this week's quarterfinals of last season's FA Cup, if that makes any sense to anybody at all. Um, but let's round up the championship uh, results from this weekend. Uh, Bristol City 2-0 defeat to Durham Women, who are level on points with Sheffield United at the top of the table. Uh, Sheffield United 3-0 winners over Watford who are pointless uh, at the bottom um, Charlton 2-0 winners over Blackburn Liverpool 1-2-1 over Crystal Palace it was a two-all draw between London City Lionesses and Coventry and Sunderland and Lewis played out a one-all draw as well uh, so as the table stands as I said Sheffield United and Durham at top uh, Sunderland in an impressive first championship uh, season back uh, just a point behind the them as well it's looking quite tight and tasty the championship this season Jenna it is and it always is really towards the end it is always really really tight it's such a difficult league to get out of um but yeah a lot of teams as you say Sunderland are, are flying at the moment which is fantastic Watford are gonna have a tricky look like they're gonna have a tough season already but um Durham and teams like Durham and Sheffield they're always up up there around it they're very they're very good teams got good bases um they just never get over that final hurdle yeah but a team like durham for me i i I would love to see in the wsl because it is going the way of having investment from from premier league clubs and championship clubs at the moment but durham just do it all themselves and you know every single season they are pushing and pushing i'd love to see them promoted yeah, unfortunately, it's just that that backing that they don't have. I think they're linked to the the university. They are, yeah. Compared to teams like Liverpool and Sheffield, who've got the men's backing behind them, it's it's, it's such a big ask. But considering what they how they are running that club, they're doing fantastically well to always be up there. Yeah, they certainly are. A couple of. Um... Uh, no, it's not a couple. It's just one now because Leicester City have been promoted, of course. Uh, just the one championship team in the FA Cup quarterfinals from last season, and that is Charlton Athletic under Karen Hills. Uh, they'll be travelling to Brighton on Wednesday. Manchester City will play Leicester. Leicester obviously had a, st- a poor start to the WSL season after their promotion. Arsenal and Tottenham, the North London derby, will start off with that in a second, uh, Jenna. And then Birmingham City 
will entertain Chelsea. Um, North London derby. Top two in the FAWSL. A chance for a semi-final. Is this going to be the first time Spurs beat Arsenal? I mean, I would, I would, without being too biased, I, I think there's, there's no better time. The Tottenham are in the best form they've been in a long time. But then on the other hand, you've got Arsenal absolutely flying. I think the confidence that the Tottenham team will take from that Man City win and the mental shift that they can compete now and they can take points or if you like go through to the next round I think that's going to be massive for them but it's going to be a it's going to be a tough tough ask against a team that are absolutely on fire at the moment who do you see going through to the semis and who do you see eventually winning uh the the finals December the 5th at Wembley as well in front of fans what an incentive that is yeah I'm going Arsenal Arsenal to win Arsenal to win. Well, you're already saying you're getting knocked out then. That's very pessimistic. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I'm saying Arsenal, I can see Arsenal-Chelsea in the final. And I yeah. think I think the strength in the Arsenal team now, defensively, midfield and, and attacking, I think it just edges, edges Chelsea. Do you know what? That would be a cracking final, bearing in mind where the league is going at the moment, yeah. wouldn't it? And, you know, that could end up being uh, a, a very, very packed Wembley Stadium. Uh, right, yeah. we have come to an end, Jan- Jenna Scalacci. Um, thank you so much. It's so lovely to, to chat with you. Next time, hopefully, it will be in the studio. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you, Jenna Scalacci, Sue Anstis, Paul Koncheski, Bradley Hayden, producer Flo, and of course, all of you as ever for listening. Now, just to let you know, um, I haven't really put too much up on social, but this is going to be my last Women's Football Weekly for a few months. I'm disappearing for a little bit. I'm going to have a new teammate at home uh, to be watching all the women's football action on the sofa uh, for a little bit. But you're going to be in safe hands with Shabana Hearn taking the reins while I'm away. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show, download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app. I've told you enough times. If you're not downloading it by now, where have you been? What have you been listening to? Uh, But thank you very much for all of your support. As always, I'll be back with you in a few months.